I thought, okay, who do you want to support from the shirt? You're right. So like, how can I help someone feel more confident entering the gym or going on a hike or going skydiving? How can I help them? Because you know, when you put a shirt on, some shirts just bring you so much joy. Many businesses get started because someone asks what they want from a business. Plenty of other businesses get started because someone asks what customers want from a business. Far fewer businesses are the result of asking both questions. But at the intersection of these two questions is fertile ground for starting a business that is both personally fulfilling and in high demand. You're listening to What Works, the show that ignores the hype and brings you honest conversations about running and growing a business today. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. This week, my guest is Maria Rodriguez, the founder of Fear Her Fight Athletics. I was introduced to Maria and Fear Her Fight by digital strategist Evan Leah Quinn because she thought I would appreciate the trifecta of Maria's badass powerlifting coaching, her intersectional feminist fitness brand, and her mission to make people of all shapes and sizes feel more empowered in the gym. Well, Evan was right. Now, I thought I was bringing Maria on the show to talk about the mission and message of Fear Her Fight. And yes, we definitely talked about that quite a bit. But I didn't realize I was also going to get a masterclass on seeing things from the customer's perspective and designing products that people would clamor to buy. Fear Her Fight Athletics is a perfect example of how a business can blossom when it's personally fulfilling, mission-driven, and creating products people can't wait to get their hands on. Maria and I talk about how Fear Her Fight got started, how centering her mission has helped her to energize her customers, how she thinks about the products she's developing, and her goals for the coming year. Have a brand that's both personally fulfilling and mission-driven? I'd love to hear about how you're bringing your message to the center of your products and promotion. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Tara underscore McMullen, and let me know what you're up to. Now, let's find out what works for Maria Rodriguez. Maria Rodriguez, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be on. Yeah. All right. So I want to just start from the beginning. I want to set the stage um, and just learn a little bit more about your business and your journey to starting this business in the first place. So can you just tell us how Fear Her Fight got started? Of course. So while I was um, training for my competition for nationals, the first time I went to nationals, um, I realized how expensive it was going to be. And um, I thought to myself, can I even afford this? So I kind of brainstormed ideas, um, not allowing myself to get discouraged of the possibility of not going. So I don't like to ask people for money. And so I thought, okay, how can I help others as well while helping this trip? And so I thought, okay, well, I think I'll just fundraise some shirts. So I really quickly uh, ordered some just normal uh, black shirts, T-shirts, and they said, um, fear her fight on the front of that. And on the back, on the lower end of the shirt, it said USAPL, Raw Nationals. It said the date. And it was in yellow writing. Now, Fear Her Fight, the saying on the front, um, I 
really thought to myself, like, okay, what am I actually going to write on a shirt that is going to make people want to wear at the gym and feel powerful at the gym? And so I brainstormed and my best friend is my husband and we brainstormed together and we thought um, of a couple of words and we wanted to make sure that they were bold and told a story. Um, And so we came up with Fear Her Fight because I believe that I am very, I'm hypersensitive. And when I feel something, I feel something tremendously. And so when I get under the bar, when I'm on the platform, when I am lifting, there's this like overwhelming feel like feeling of showing up as best as I can. With that comes passion, comes anger. And where I thought to myself was like, okay, well, why? It's because like, I want to show up for others. And in a way, it's a fight um, for other people as well. And so going into that, and if we're talking about, you know, um, social political problems in the in the fitness space, I thought to myself, okay, well, as a woman, I believe that um, me being here in this powerlifting environment is a political statement in itself. When you break it down, um, women are told to be smaller and to not be loud. And so I think when you show up as autonomous, autonomously as this powerful, competitive, secure woman, people can fear that. And so that kind of links it. And so when I wrote that on the shirt, I sold out of all of the shirts, which was actually kind of shocking. I was like, I was kind of, I was just questioning it. I thought, are people (laughs) buying this because they like the saying or are they just doing it because they really want to take me to nationals? And then when I went to nationals after the fact, people were like, please make more shirts like my friends, 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 friends saw it and wants one, etc. So that's kind of how it started. And it sparked this beautiful um, link between my passion in wanting to um, show up for others that possibly can't and also while also bringing people together to do the same. Um, And so then I was like, okay, well, maybe I can merge, you know, a t shirt with this mission. And here we are. (laughs) I love that story. I really, really love it. And I also really love that this wasn't just like, I don't know, it wasn't just a a t-shirt idea that you had off the top of your head. Mm -hmm. I love that you actually thought about like, what do I want to say here? And also what would make people feel really powerful in the gym? What would people want to wear to the gym and how can I make that? So that there was this element of of real service to what it was that you were creating. And I don't think that a lot of people who um, are maybe aspiring mm-hmm. to get into this kind of business, I don't think they're necessarily thinking about that. And I think that really says a lot about why you've been so successful to this point. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd love to talk more about that initial reaction that your followers, um, that first batch of customers mm-hmm. had. Why do you think their reaction was as powerful as it was? And in that, can you talk more about how you felt in that situation where people were demanding you print more shirts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very like I said, I was very overwhelmed and, but I was very happy, um, that people felt 
that they could connect their own uh, fire in their own selves to their strength. I don't think a lot of people talk about when they first start the gym, how transformative strength training can be um, for anyone, not just women. But um, I think because of my uh because of my background and being a personal trainer and a strength coach, and I've been coaching powerlifting for a while now, um, I think people just saw how passionate I was about it and, you know, saw how I show up and, you know, that it's okay and we are allowed to and we should uh, show up as strong and confident as 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 we are. And And truly, I think that if, you know, more people talk about how – healthy it is to um, build your body and build your mind and build your soul um, and find different movements for that. I think people will have, um, you know, less eating disorders and less um, stigmas and less of all of the problematic things that happen in the fitness space. So to go back to your question of how people um, kind of felt afterwards, I think that they were like, you know what, I get this because it, it, I mean, I had my website up for, I mean, I, I launched those shirts in December and then I launched the website in January. And so it took like a month for people to really understand like, oh, I get this. Like I get it because of who is behind it. And obviously representation is huge. And if someone that wasn't doing the work started making this website on the work, um, it wouldn't really make sense. And so I think people uh, gravitate, obviously, to the truth, and they see who I am, and they believe me, and they trust me. And I did not take that lightly. And so I launched, I got a graphic designer, I launched this website, I came out with a couple of logos, because I thought to myself, you know, who's going to be my demographic? It's not going to have a gender, it's not going to have an age, it's going to be for all because strength really does look different on everyone. And so I launched like six or six different styles of shirts. And I can't believe I did that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was just something to where people understood who I was. And I'm very grateful that I have the space um, that I have to have people believe that and to trust me. Oh, awesome. Okay. I want to get more into, um, sort of the, the mission and advocacy behind your work mm -hmm. as well, because that's clearly exceptionally important mm -hmm. to you. And it's, it's a mission that I really love mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I want to talk about this super fast turnaround from, <laughs> I sold out the shirts. I realized there was a demand to, I launched my website yeah. in a month. <laughs> Cause I think some people are thinking, oh my gosh, how did she do that? Especially over the Christmas holidays. Yes. <laughs> so, or end of your holidays. So, um, what, like, let's get into the nitty gritty. What was the process of actually, um, deciding on what those six shirts mm -hmm. were going to be? Where did you get them printed? How did you decide on that? Can you yes. just kind of walk us through, um, the, the, the mm -hmm. nitty gritty from, from the initial sellout to the, yes. to the launch? So originally from the fundraising shirts I got, I actually was asking around at work. And so happens that one of my coworkers' dad had a small little uh, local uh, 
printing shop. And so that was very important for me to support these small local businesses. And so I personally met him and I talked to him about it and he was very, he's very kind and it happened very quickly. And I, he showed up to my work with like six boxes of these of these shirts and so it was very it was actually I didn't even think about the font I didn't even think about the color or like you know color theory or anything that I just wanted it to be seen from far away and so that's why I decided black shirts with the yellow font now coming um, back from nationals like I said I received a lot of love and support with these shirts and so I thought to myself well it wouldn't make sense to print like uh, um, like on the back since it said October 2000 so and so nationals um, I believe that they really really wanted the message and so I sat down with my thoughts and I basically said okay Maria like what does this mean to you and you know, it's so much more than a fundraising shirt. It's so much more. And so I think naturally, Tara, I believe that I thought, okay, who do you want to support from this shirt? You're right. So like, how can I help someone feel more confident entering the gym or going on a hike or going skydiving. How can I help them? Because you know, when you put a shirt on, some shirts just bring you so much joy. And so I thought, okay, where, what is that style going to look like? So I wrote down all of my bullet points on like, like non-negotiables. And I just said, I don't want this to be just for your cis woman or cis man. I want this to be for everyone. That includes the color schemes. That includes the writing. That includes, you know, I know in graphic designing, it's a big, it's a big part of, you know, how to sell. And so I actually, uh, part, uh, one of the women that came to my classes, she was a graphic designer. And I just sat down with her one day and I said, do you mind scheduling time for me to ask you questions? And so we did, and we did some mock-ups and it, I told her from the get-go, I work really fast. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> she, uh, she quickly got the hang of that. And um, she was working fast with me, which was very appreciated um, because my mind travels so fast and I'm a, I'm a dreamer. And so I, I have all of these things in my brain. So <clears throat> so we met one for one session and then the second session, I nailed it. I said, this is exactly the style I want. This is it. Just move these around. It was a couple of little edits. And so then that's when we move them onto shirts. <clears throat> so I decided that I know because as a trainer, I see so many women wearing tank tops, wearing long sleeves, wearing t-shirts because not everyone likes training in the same style of shirts. And then I asked people, what kind of fabrics did they like? So I was very, I was very attentive to people's desires and wishes as well. I mean, it was never just like what I wanted, like, oh, I would wear that shirt. I wanted people to wear a shirt that they were comfortable with, confident in, but also felt powerful because of what it said. And so um, when I took these uh, styles that we mocked up on the computer, I was searching for screen printers. And I can't tell you how hard that is. Um, it's, it's not easy finding a loyal screen printer. Just now, what 
just just now I finally feel like I can confide in the screen printer I have. So because I work so fast, I think that caused a lot of it didn't cause let me pause. Um, it was difficult for me. Um, because I like I said, I work so fast. And I, I when I when I do things, I do them and I finish them. And so what I was seeing was that there was a lot of people that were like, Oh, yeah, kind of slow. And it's just like, No, this is very urgent. This is something that I'm that I'm really wanting to pick off the floor. So what had to do with the decision of kick not kicking, but uh, leaving people like the screen printers, like was the customer service behind it. Um, there was simple, you could just tell that there some, some people were just all talk and they never delivered. And then finally, when they did deliver the artwork was just sloppy or that they were, that they were really bad at communication. So it's so, so, so important for a brand to be consistent. And I can't put my brand on the line when there are these inconsistencies and kind of just, you know, unprofessionalism behind a shirt, I'm not going to sell a shirt. And I, you know, and so there were, it was, it took three shots, <laughs> Tara. Um, it really did. <clears throat> and so now I finally have one actually very close to where I live. And it's a male and female who print these shirts. And <clears throat> so I've met them. I've been there while they print the shirts. Like I, I like to be in, as involved as possible. Right now, I don't have the funds to have my own setup because that's the goal so that I can print every single shirt. That's the ultimate goal. Um, so yeah, and it's it takes a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of keeping up with. Um, but I will say that it really, really helped when you can communicate uh, directly to the graphic designer, the person who is behind the artwork. Um, I wish so bad that I had the time, but I sat down and I also thought, okay, Maria, for as fast as you want to work, you're going to have to spend a little bit of your uh, coins to get what you want when you want it. Um, because I had, a, I had a full-time job and a part-time job after, um, at the time. So I was working like 60 hours a week. And so, um, you know, and that takes a lot of emotional labor with how many people I have to attend to and serve. So that was my like, okay, this is, this is fine. Like you're spending money on your graphic designer. Who's really, really good. Um, you know, at, at that time. So now I actually, um, I have one, only one job, <laughs> um, aside from online coaching, but yeah, it just, it takes, it takes, um, a lot of energy. If you don't, I believe so much when I talk to, uh, business owners, when you don't have that energy to wake up and do it, maybe it's not going to be, uh, maybe it's not going to come as fast. I'm sure and hopeful it'll come for everyone, but maybe when people say that it, it came, my success came super, super fast. It's because I worked my ass off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that is, that is pretty common. Yeah. As someone who also really likes to work fast, um, I can totally relate to everything you just shared. And mm -hmm. also I applaud you for being even willing to involve other people because one of the, you know, one of the unfortunate yeah. entrepreneurial hacks of moving mm -hmm. faster is doing everything yourself. And I think it's wonderful and smart 
that you have realized that you need help to bring this yes. brand to fruition. Um, and I also wanted to say, you are certainly not the first person I have had on the podcast say <laughs> that you needed to go through multiple printers or multiple, yeah. um, like we, I had one of the co-founders of a, re, a RET baseware on, and they've gone through multiple, uh, sewers, uh, sewers, um, yes. you know, Yes, sewing manufacturing uh, companies because for the same reason, it's like it's got to be consistent. The details mm -hmm. have to be spot on. The, mm -hmm. It's got to be perfect every single time because it's your brand that's on the line. So I really appreciate you sharing that. We'll hear more from Maria Rodriguez in just a minute, but first, a word from our What Works partner. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks powers brands and businesses that bring people together. Bringing the people your business serves together has been tough in the past. You've probably used a bunch of different tools and apps over the years to host your content, talk to your audience, deliver your offers, and charge for your services. It's been confusing for you, your team members, and your customers, and that's a recipe for small business heartache. Mighty Networks wants to change all that. With a Mighty Network, you can bring your content, audience, offers, events, and payment system all together on one platform. You'll be able to create more engaging, interactive experiences for the people who matter most to your small business. And you'll be able to relax and enjoy chatting with your people instead of managing all the crazy pieces. At What Works, we use Mighty Networks to share a behind-the-scenes look at how we do things, talk with our community members, plan events, and and manage payments. I love that the core of our business is all together in one place. Plus, Mighty Networks makes it easy to access our network on mobile with our own app. If you're tired of doing extra work to shepherd your customers from app to app to app, it's time to build your Mighty Network. Get started with Mighty Networks free of charge by visiting MightyNetworks.com. Mighty Networks is the easiest way to take your business to the next level. Now here at What Works, we're all about honest conversations that shed a light on what's really working to run and grow small businesses today. Each week, my goal is to surprise you with a thoughtful, unconventional, or unexpected way small business owners like you are managing their businesses. But this podcast is just the tip of the iceberg. At the What Works Network, we're diving deep into honest conversations about small business ownership 24-7. There's no hype, no BS, and certainly no get-rich-quick schemes. The network is full of experienced small business owners like you, exploring what works for them by discovering what works for others. It's private, it's focused, and it's real. Learn more about the What Works Network and request your invitation to join us at explorewhatworks.com slash network. That's explorewhatworks.com slash network. Um, how did you, what did the initial launch of the website and the like, this isn't just a fundraising t-shirt, this is a brand mm -hmm. on a mission. How mm -hmm. did you make the announcement? What, what <laughs> kind of thing did you put, you know, what did you put behind it to get things going at that initial launch? Sure. I remember, um, Instagram is so handy for these, uh, 
sort of circumstances. I just remember recording myself and telling my friends, hi, here I am. Like, this is what I'm doing. If you have any interest, here's our Instagram. And when I launched the website, we, of course, put it on our story and we put pictures as, I mean, we didn't have pictures of anything really. We just had like the mock-ups. And so we, um, I went off and I took pictures. Like I got the shirt immediately and I went to my gym immediately. And I told my friend, my friend RJ, who also competes. And I'm like, RJ, put this on, let me take your picture. (laughs) And he's like, okay, cool. And you know, it's, it's great to see males involved in a feminist brand. Um, especially, in a strength sport. Um, and so to see still to this day, I see people on Instagram, um, you know, cis males wearing them in the gym. And I think that's so rad. And I think it's so important. And so, um, just really just talking about it through my personal page and then through fear her fights page, um, and just being excited about it. People I've been told so many times that the enthusiasm is contagious and people believe it. And it's because who it's behind and it's behind me, you know, and, um, no one else has control over the Instagram. No one else has control over the website. It's literally, um, all my passion. However, I don't like to put my face around it. Um, I don't like to center myself around it. I think it's, it's its own entity. It's its own brand. However, the person who manages it, it definitely, um, helps that it's a person who walks the walk and talks the talk because I think it's, it's silly when people are talking about, you know, representation and equity and diversity and their panel or their committee is just all white women. So I think right now I wish so much that I had the funds to hire people. Maybe in a year or two, um, I will be able to, but right now it's me and I have so much that I'm grateful for as far as the internet, the internet, my Facebook was helpful. I just told my friends there, you know, Hey, um, I am doing a big thing. I'm doing this thing and I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm happy for you to join along. And people, you know, people are, people were very excited about it. People were very, um, enthused. And a lot of people were like, wow, this is so new. This is so different. Like I've never seen anything like this. And I mean, I, I felt I, I felt that was like a compliment, but also like, wow, this can be really bad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, I think the most the, the part that I believe so, so deep down inside me is that if you believe in it, it's going to work. And so Mm. that's what this business has been about. I don't compare myself to other things. I don't because I've I've done that before with other things, not this business. I don't want to even bring a drop of doubt in this business because that's not going to serve anything. And so I have to, you know, believe in it so much. And and I mean, so far, I've I've seen and heard and witnessed just great things about it. And so I just need to keep going. And I'm just, I'm really, really trying this year is going to be really exciting for us too. Um, so yeah, I think to answer your question, majority of it marketing with, with free resources and just word of mouth really. Yeah. Well, another thing that I'm kind of hearing from you too, is it's, it's about the community. And I think there seems to be something with your brand where there's this perfect, 
alignment or integration between your community and you. And I think it seems like the, that perfect alignment and integration is the mission and the message behind your products, right? So I'd love yeah. to dig into that a little bit more. Um, you've mentioned some of the the kind of the core values and the core ideas behind the brand itself. But do you have like, do you have a mission statement? Do you have something where you say like, this is what we stand for? This is what we're all about? So a mission statement Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> um, on the website, it's a it does... totally acceptable answer. <laughs> okay. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, and it's, you know, it's one of those things too, Tara, where it's like now that I have a year kind of under my belt, it's like, ooh, I really want to change this or um, I need to uh, refine this or I really need to just X that kind of situation. So we, um, Right now, I'm learning a lot about the challenges when we speak about intersectionality. And I understand it is not my responsibility to dismantle every single body's um, uh, perception on that. However, what I can do is tell people that our brand and our mission aims to ignite and reinforce the intersectional approaches when we're talking about feminism in the strength space. And so for two people that have ever tilted their head and just like, I don't understand that. I am so happy to talk to them about it. Um, and, you know, it's it takes it takes a lot of patience when we talk about this work in the gym because people have never thought about that. I I have one person that comes to mind that has said, I have never even thought about an intersectional approach to the gym or to exercise. However, there's a lot of toxicity that happens behind it. And so that's what we're here for. We're here to really kind of point it out, call it out and call people in for um, the change that we really want to see. And so you're right. Absolutely. The community around here um, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and so it's I live south of Seattle, and it the Pacific Northwest is predominantly white, and so my community um, needs to see me as a queer Hispanic woman, and I make sure that people do that because if we're not if we're not acknowledging uh, people and identities, we can't really speak on a big subject as feminism, and so. Um, it's been challenging to feel like a teacher. It's been challenging to feel like a mom. <laughs> it's been, it's also, I wear many hats, right? And so it's like, I have to be a coach and I can't have these, these resentments with people. So I have to be patient with them as well as give them grace. But however, call them in when we see problematic things in the spaces that I'm around. I have no tolerance for racism, for homophobia, for xenophobia, for ableism. I have n absolutely none. And I've fired people for that. And so when, when this community, you know, when we really, really dig deep, I'm sure and I'm certain that people sometimes are intimidated by that because of their own sort of problematic 
tendencies and attitudes and behaviors. And so I have no problem with that, though, because I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's that really I have to be the best me I can be. And with that said, I have no tolerances for those things and subjects. Um, And I think, too, it makes people feel safer. And with that, too, it makes people trust me more and believe the things that I'm doing are from a good, passionate place. So this community around me has been nothing but supportive. And I can see where um, some people don't care. And that's okay. I can still be your coach and not talk about these political problems. No problem. Um, I hardly do when I'm in classes and I'm one at work. However, when it comes down to it with my events and with my coaching and with personal training, I set that boundary very clear. Um, And like I said, it makes people feel safer and feel more um, seen, I believe. And so I yeah, I think it's it's a it's a good thing that this community has this here because there is so much that they have to unpack. And I believe that maybe I'm the start of their furthering education on these sorts of subjects. Mm, I love that. And I also really appreciated that you called out that it's not your responsibility to dismantle all of mm-hmm. the the junk that people believe or the the preconceived notions that they might mm-hmm. have but that instead you're really focusing on that empowering and igniting all of the positive things mm-hmm. um and for me personally that's something that I'm working on this year I've been mm-hmm. um thinking about how much like I I kind of get off on righteous indignation <laughs> and mm-hmm. how much that doesn't necessarily serve me like it's it's not that it's a bad thing to be mad or to be um, disgusted even by some of the crap that that happens in this world. But also, what am I doing to lean into the positives? And I, what I'm hearing from you is that so much of your mission is really about leaning into all of the amazingly awesome things that are happening in your space mm-hmm. too, where people are going into the gym and finding power. They're going into the gym and finding strength and maybe they wouldn't have felt comfortable um, even a year ago or two years ago, but you're part of helping them feel comfortable and confident and powerful and strong. And that's a pretty amazing thing to build a a brand (laughs) and a community around. Um, So I'd love to know how else is the mission behind Fear Her Fight playing out right now? Uh, it looks like you're pretty involved in, in terms of giving back to your community. Can you tell us about some of those things? Absolutely. So when um, we're involved in events, I I have been told by a multitude of business owners keep the money, just keep the money. This you're starting, just don't give it away. Just, you know, just, just keep it like, put it back into the brand. Not to say that I don't put it back into the brand. However, when it comes to my experience, I can't sit back and see all of these white customers giving me money, which it's, I'm sorry, not me, but fear her fight, um, me money. It's like, um, and then when I'm coaching the homeless, I'm like, what am I doing? Right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those situations where if I go 
and volunteer like I volunteered at this uh it's called a rescue mission and I was helping them during the summer with the pre preschoolers to the fifth graders and just l- letting them go outside and guiding them through um some breathing exercises or some yoga or some like uh cardio I experienced so much humility there that it just kind of blew my mind. I I remember seeing some kids like not have any sort of yoga mats um, and I got very upset. And of course, immediately I just went to the the store and I got them all yoga mats. Like if I have the platform and the resources and the privilege to do that, I have to do it. And so, uh, with fear her fight, it's always, you know, like on this Sunday, I'm, I'm guiding a yoga practice, um, at my gym that I train at. And, um, it's a sliding scale because we, we know that yoga in its, in its big kind of general world, there's a lot of, um, white supremacy values that people still uphold in that. And so what I want to do is just break that barrier and make it accessible for everyone. So there's a sliding scale. So if you have five bucks, cool. If you have 20 bucks, great. Um, and so the donations, um, for this month are going to a, um, it's, they're called the, uh, Tacoma community house. And so they really do a lot of work with, um, immigration, um, issues and they come together to help others that may not have the ability to uh, work for themselves. And so um, every month I'm going to start doing that here at the gym I'm training at. So every every little thing that I'm going to do, um, every event that I sponsor, we give proceeds to the community because I, like I said, this mission is not about me. This mission is not to to help my mortgage at all. It's literally to help the spaces that, you know, get uh, forgotten about when we're talking about who we're actually standing up for. Um, If we're talking about girl power, okay, are you talking about your skinny white girlfriend girl power or are you talking about your disabled black queer friend like can we talk about that as well and so um there's a lot of local um help around me and I have really done my best to learn about all of them and the organizations and so that's where we put our coins into as well. So not only does it help the shirts, yes, but we also want to help other people know that, you know, hey, we made this $400 donation to Racy's who's helping the immigration um, uh, border situation. And maybe they can learn about us that way and tell other people about us when it comes up. So it's, it's all, it's all to really just help one another. And that's, and that's what our hope is. Absolutely incredible. Um, Maria, can you tell us what's next for Fear Her Fight? (laughs) Yes. So actually, um, the next thing we have is we have a huge summit happening in June. It's June 1st and 2nd. And last year we had 85 attendees with eight speakers. And we have a lot, we had lots of donations and sponsors and goodie bags. And it was, it was a beautiful day of empowerment. All of the speakers were super different in their endeavors. We had a mountaineer, um, 
who has one hand and she's a very famous, well-known uh, mountaineer in Tacoma. We had Cece Holcomb, um, who's the strongest female on earth. Uh, we had Mallory Rowan, who's an entrepreneur and has her her company thriving in Canada, who also does a lot of uh, work with um, her platform um, to help others. And then um, there was just my friend Ivory, who's a cancer survivor. She found healing through dancing. And so the day was all about inspiring people to realize that strength does not look one way. This year, I'm um, navigating it so that uh, these women who are going to be speaking speak on behalf of strength training. So whether that be powerlifting, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, etc., um, that way we can be more um, deliberate about speaking that uh, speaking on behalf of women being big and showing up as big as possible and showing up on purpose and being strong on purpose. So um, I'm very excited about that. That's our next our next big, big, big event in June. And planning that has been actually very fun. Of course, it's stressful, but it's fun. <laughs> I feel like I'm planning a big, big party. So uh, yeah, that's the next thing. Um, one thing on my mind too that I have to mention is um, there are there's a great um, company called Lift for Life, and they do a lot of work in third world countries. And right now their goal is to help Zimbabwe. And they're taking some really, really strong women to go speak on, you know, being strong and how important strength is and movement is. And so hopefully we get to build a gym in Zimbabwe, a Fear Her Fight gym. And so because... <laughs> Yes. And so because um, because of the funds that we'll raise. Oh, yeah. So the June summit, we're raising funds for this. And so um, this thing basically is going to help the people in Zimbabwe um, lift and be strong. And there's going to be welders that will be helping build this gym for them. Um, and so that's that's another cool thing I should probably uh, mention. So yeah, and I mean, aside from that, we're really just trying to um, be as involved in the community as possible. I'm going to be a speaker next month at um, in Seattle. It's called Women Ignited Project, and that's where I'll talk about the same things we're talking about, Tara. So how it is like to build a business, and um, yeah, so it's it's me. It's Maria Rodriguez as, you know, the founder, but it's also Fear Her Fight doing the work all at once this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, Maria, this has been a fascinating conversation. I so appreciate you taking us behind the scenes of Fear Her Fight and just sharing your mission and sharing all the different ways that you are building this community and fulfilling that mission through this brand. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for letting me talk and do my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> Find out more about Maria Rodriguez and Fear Her Fight Athletics at fearherfightathletics.com. This episode was produced by me, Tara McMullen, and edited by Marty Seafelt. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Ready to take this small business conversation to the next level? Request your invitation to the What Works Network at explorewhatworks.com slash network. And discover over 180 other honest conversations with small business owners at explorewhatworks.com.